Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. And welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 118. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I learned a few things from watching the movies for this week. First off, it really helps if you want to con people out of something or get them to give you what you want. If you're in a Santa suit, it doesn't work as well with other holidays. No one's going to trust like the snarky leprechaun or the rabbit. Wait, I, I think I just described cereal commercials. <laughs> I was going to say, we have a lot of adventures that started out with the snarky <laughs> leprechaun. Or happy sperm head. Oh, I had oh, completely forgotten deep. about happy sperm head. No good. one would buy that cereal. <laughs> Don't wow. say no one. Happy sperm head gets milky in milk. Yeah. I think uh, we could probably market You've been that. on the internet. You know people would buy it. <laughs> yeah, we could sell it at www.mommypenis.com. Oh, my God. Yikes. And here we are. All right, folks, this week we are doing... I will not be ignored! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we are doing Santa Cons, uh, Con Men at Christmas. Uh, kind of punted on this one and uh, came up with a, a, you know, at the beginning of last show when we realized we hadn't figured out what we were doing next week. But, so, uh, yeah. is this the furthest into the Wayback Machine we've ever reached? No, we... Didn't we? We went back to like the 30s once, didn't we? Well, I mean, we talked about stuff in the 30s for like, I think, vending machines. Mm. But I think for films, is this the furthest back we've gone? Yeah, this is further than Batmonth because the uh, Batman movies didn't come out until, I mean, we didn't watch any of the old serials. Oh, I did, but just me. Yeah, but we, I mean, we, I think our our end date for the movies was like the 69 uh, Adam West Batman I think that this sounds is, about right. Yeah, unless you want to, unless you want to count like you know somebody's birthday as a you know when we're doing the bio shows. Yeah, but I mean for like full on show topic, this is the furthest like, back. The furthest we've gone. back we'd been would be what? What's his name? Uh, Scorsese's birthday. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but for films, I think the furthest back we'd been was like the f- mid to late fifties with uh, Ocean's Eleven. Was that? that might have even been sixties. Sounds right. Uh, Ocean's Eleven and the Italian Job were both other ones where we reached back before our time yeah right all right so um like i said this week is uh santa cons and uh, if you'd like to hear some other con men josh where is a closest consolidation of con men on the net 
I don't know, Mike. Would that be that's, a, that's outside of my area of expertise? Oh, I was going to say I'm pretty sure there are some at Musings of Geek Network. Oh, but if you want geeky shows, I got you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you knew about that. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear other geeky podcasts, you can always turn tune into www.musingsofageek.com, where you can find such shows as The History of Bad Ideas, Graphic Novice, Sons of the Renaissance, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, and Rather Be Dead. Hmm. And if you are, say, maybe a midget running through the uh, air conditioning vents in the middle of a department store at noon on Saturdays, Plug in your phone and your headset so you don't get, you know, nobody hears you. And listen to Geek Life Radio at noon, and uh, you will hear our shows there. Yeah, we don't want you to get pinched. Right. You can also find our older stuff at uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. You can also leave us voicemails on our Facebook page or reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14 or just send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com, yes. which we just recently had a contest. Yes, and the we went through and I tossed, I printed out all of the emails, tossed them in a hat, pulled one out, and the winner is Joe Dane. Yay! Yay! Joe Dane is walking away with a copy of either 12 Days or Thieves from our friends at Calliope Games. Uh, those should be uh, shipping to you soon. I'm going to get your thank you for sending your address in the email, uh, Joe. That made things a lot easier. I'm going to send that up to Calliope. Told us it didn't affect the winnings. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, we, we have to talk to these other people to find this out. But yeah, This person made it totally easy for us. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, Joe Dane, you are getting a copy of a game from Calliope Games, and uh, congratulations and thanks for playing. And if you would like to win a game, uh, one of the two, Twelve Days or Thieves, change your name to Joe Dane, and then we will draw your name out of a hat. Uh, no, uh, or you can send us an email at forty go fourteen at gmail dot com, and uh, with the header, uh, the subject line, Calliope Games. And uh, we will toss you into the drawing and pull that out and uh, see who wins. Going to be all the month of December, so lots of chance to win things. Awesome. So uh, on the listener feedback front, now that we're getting into the holidays, it's uh, getting a little bit uh, lighter. But I, I do have some musings football news. Mm. We're in the playoffs. Yeah. What? what? Not only are we in the playoffs, but uh, we ended the regular season at second seed, so we're automatically advancing to the second round. Very nice. So wow. Yep. It was actually uh, a pretty exciting last couple minutes because everything had to go exactly right for us to not end up as third seed. And uh, there were so many opportunities literally in the closing seconds of several football games for it all to go horribly wrong for us. So wait, when does Fantasy Cricket League start? (laughs) You have to ask Nikki. I'm glad somebody laughed at that. Someone did. <laughs> so, do we have any voicemails, emails, Twitter, Facebook? Nothing this week, do we? Nothing this week. Just no. good old Joe Dane. They say he's great. Joe Dane. <laughs> Joe Dane likes games. He does like games. He does. So, in the meantime, is uh, is, he, is it about that time? Is, is he great? This week in music, movies, and TV. So uh, this weekend is 1951. That is the year our first movie, The Lemon Drop Kids, starring Bob Hope, came out. So uh, music-wise, December 15th, It's No Sin by Eddie Howard is the number one song in the land. Does any of us know this song? No. 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 
Uh, and that's the thing is like I listen to a lot of old music, but I more listen to stuff from the 20s and 30s, a little 40s. Like if it's not like classic rock and roll from the late 50s, I probably don't know it. Yeah, this guy did stuff like To Each His Own and The Rickety Rickshaw. Oh, The Rickety Rickshaw. Yeah. That does not clear things up. Right on. But I, I much I much preferred Pantera's cover of that. <laughs> oh, the Rickety Rickshaw. <laughs> that thing was awesome. Rest in so, peace, Dimebag. But on uh, December 20, 21st, uh, Nick Gilder is born. Uh, he actually well, headed up a uh, glam rock band called, uh, help me, Joel, Demon Barber Fleet Street. Ah, interesting. What's, I didn't what, know that. Yeah, what's the, what's that guy's name? Oh, uh, uh, um, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, yeah. Uh, glam rock band known, known as Sweeney Todd, but then he went solo. I and, thought you were saying their, their name was the Demon Barber of Fleet no, Street. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that was a subtitle. Um <laughs> Is known for the song Hot Child in the City. Oh. That's a good song. It is a good song. Also discovered in researching this that Hot Child in the City is about um, child prostitution. Uh, yep. So oh. That, yeah. It's one of my favorite little, uh, like, whenever that song comes on and you're with somebody that, you know, doesn't know Nick Gilder, just, just tell them, it's like, that's a dude singing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, or, what? Yeah, that's a dude. It's huh. another one of those songs I like, hey, yeah, you love this song? Yeah, you know what it's really about? <laughs> You can download a free MP3 of it at mommypenis.com. My other... <laughs> Jesus. Wow, dude. I think my other favorite, you know what this song is about, is Shebop. Yep. Right. Uh, but Nick Gilder also wrote songs for Bette Midler, Joe Cocker, and Pat Benatar. They sang so. songs about child prostitution? No, they were different songs. He didn't yeah, only he didn't write the lyrics to write the, the same city. song over and over again. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're misunderstanding the whole... was something totally different than I thought. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're understanding the whole concept. Got it. Yeah. Not really. So anyway, uh, Johnny Rodriguez was born on December 10th, 1951 in Sabinal, Texas. Am I saying that right? I don't know. I've never heard of it. Okay. Well, he was a country singer who had a string of country hits from 1972 to 1988. He was acquitted of murder, dun-dun-dun, in the August of 1998 for a shooting death at his home of an acquaintance he mistook for a burglar. Oh, it's a whole other country. I had to put that in there because that's the only death in the tweet. So. <clears throat> oh. Huh. All right, so movies, December 1st in 1951, actor Treat Williams, known for his amazing performance in 1941, is born. You're missing out on the classic substitute movies or Leviathan. Come on. Or wasn't he in Things to Do in Denver when you're dead? Yes. Yeah. He was the crazy, like, uh, war veteran guy. Yeah. The, uh, He's done a lot of character acting. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying 1941 because he was really ridiculous in 1941. He's so. a lot of fun. Yeah, he... As an actor. He's a treat. He is. God damn it. Um, <laughs> Joel, I put this one in here for you. 1951 is the year of the film debut of Charles Bronson in You're in the Navy Now. Oh, God bless you, Charlie. Yeah, that was only shown in very specific theaters. Chicken. I like chicken. Chicken is good. Would somebody explain to me how Charles Bronson became a tough guy? <laughs> because he... Dude, have... Uh, He's like five to... foot eight at, at most. It wasn't until... The, yeah, but the mustache adds three inches. <laughs> That dude would have kicked your butt. Well, because yeah, he couldn't also, reach Also, how height. did he become an actor? Wait, wait he could minute. barely talk. If, if, if the standard for who is a badass is who could kick my ass, then we got in trouble. <laughs> in River City. everybody's a badass, apparently. It was a different time. And <laughs> if, you're, if, if you're classifying, uh, you know, lack of speech as being a, a non-actor, then uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, hey, don't you talk bad about Arnold. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that had speech problems. That's fair. I mean, if you're going to say, uh, like, an action movie star, which Bronson would qualify, you don't necessarily have to 
speak eloquently. Dolph Lundgren. Well, to be honest, he wasn't a great actor, and I think it just was his presence. He had a he had a certain charisma and a presence about him that people actually Ben Dam like myself. And uh, you know, I, shut up, Pat. I, th- did I you just say Roseanne was, Barr. <laughs> I did thirty. Was it thirty three Bronson movies in, in thirty days? Once, like I watched one plus every day for an entire month. Did you lose had, a like, bet or something? Did you just watch five cover. minutes of another movie and then stop? No, I just watched two in a couple of those nights. But he had like over 100 credits in his in his career before he died. So anyway. All right. Well, speaking of film debuts and uh, speech impediments, uh, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner both have their film debuts in the same year in uh, Queen for a Day and The Butler's Night Off. Wow. <laughs> in 1951. Yep. The Butler's Night Off. That is cool. So... I was hoping you guys would run with that a little bit more, but apparently not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're done. Okay. So TV, the top shows are The Name's the Same, The Dinosaur Show, Bob and Ray, and uh-oh, S-I-N is the acronym of the week. Uh, that would be the classic television show, Swordfish in Nuts. <laughs> well, dude, dude, I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like football in crotch, but you know. <laughs> but football in the crotch has a football in the crotch. <laughs> Well, swordfish in the nuts could like produce very negative results. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that they would actually allow something like swordfish well, in the nuts. I'm wondering, is it like so, like steaks of swordfish in a bowl of mixed nuts? Uh, yeah, oh, that's it was probably, a different time. It was the fifties. Yeah, no, that is actually see it now. Like oh, see it now. Yeah, it was next to the Jello mold that had tuna in it. <laughs> real thing look it up yep also on december 16th dragnet premieres on nbc that's a that's something that's ripe for a remake just the facts ma'am well i mean they kind of did the reboot with uh uh what's hanks and Aykroyd. yes hanks and Aykroyd. yeah but that was in 87 wow was it in the 80s yeah it was that was yeah it was a long time ago yeah i think so yeah, I'm looking it up, too. Yeah, you look that up for me. Thank you. Do that, boy. Uh, da, 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 87. Yeah. Huh. 87, you, yep. You get to look at Google Monkey. Well, and then the original show, <laughs> you know, um, was, what, 51 to 59 with Harry Morgan of MASH fame. Yep. But, uh, you know, at some point they probably will. I mean, I wouldn't put it past somebody like, uh, I don't know, McG or... <laughs> <laughs> One of those directors that does action movies to spice it up. and I actually kind of like his stuff, but his name makes it very difficult to take him seriously. Exactly. But he keeps mm-hmm. the hot side hot and the cold side cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I could see somebody like um, Guy Ritchie doing a Dragnet remake. Oh, yeah. That would be... I could see that would be kind of fun. And with that dry, deadpan humor with some good, like, solid action happening, it'd be pretty I cool. want Wes Anderson to do it. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's all done with puppets. What the hell? <laughs> No, I do not want to see Joe Friday in, in a fantastic Mr. Fox. Wearing a turban. <laughs> Good Lord. Because he's got to have some kind of quirky mannerism. Just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> we went down a dark hole. Let's keep going. All right. So anyway, uh, sports. Joe DiMaggio announces his retirement from baseball on December 11th. Oh, poor Joe. Yeah. Talk about a man. Yeah. No kidding. So that's it. That is this weekend. Now on to the main show. Santa cons. Cons at Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to mention that uh, when Mike brought up the topic of the Lemon Drop Kid, I'd never even heard of the movie. Yeah, same Me either. Well, it was actually, 
I forget the author. It was the... <laughs> it's actually not the movie I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea what this movie was about. Uh, Damon uh, Runyon? Is that yes, who you're trying to think that's exactly of? the name I'm thinking of. It's a, who was an author who had actually met a character that was very similar to the Lemon Drop Kid and written, written about him in his books. Uh, apparently, Runyon had hung out at racetracks uh, and had just ab- absorbed everything going on and wrote books about it. About what Called it research. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But uh, Lemon Drop Kid came out in 1951. Uh, it was the uh, Bob Hope and Marilyn Maxwell. Uh, it's when Lemon Drop Kid accidentally steers Moose Moran, Moose Moran's girl, away from a winning bet. He is forced to come up with $10,000 to repay the angry gangster. Fortunately, it's Christmas, and it's a time when people can be persuaded to part with money for the right cause. So can we equate what $10,000 would mean in today's money? I mean, That's what I was trying to think of. What's the inflation on that? I'm trying. I would probably be like a half a million. I would think. That's probably fair. Yeah. That, that's just a, an off the cuff guess. It's not an exact like translation adjusted for inflation. Okay. All right. Uh, looking it up, calculate the value of ten thousand dollars in nineteen fifty-one. Curious how close I was. Fifty-one. Be uh, that is just shy of a hundred thousand dollars. Ninety nine, a oh, hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. So I was off by a factor of five. Yeah. yeah. Ninety nine four. Uh, so that's wow. no. Um, that's with eight hundred ninety four percent inflation. Um, so we'll just call it a hundred thousand. Yeah. So that's a shitload of money for for then and right. for now. Um, yeah, it's a whole new spin on it. it. Makes it a lot more like. Uh, yeah, how uh, many? How frantic. much money were these people giving to Santa? My goodness, I should start a Santa ring. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You make oh, they made because they made what they say in the movie they made four grand in like two thousand dollars or two thousand dollars in the first week is what she said. And two thousand dollars was the amount of the original bet on the horse, but ten grand is what uh, it would have paid off because it did win. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, he could. He could have just got off the hook for the two thousand if the horse hadn't won, but he had to go and win. Yeah, right, right. That was actually pretty. I, I thought that was a pretty funny uh, scene. Well, uh, and if the horse hadn't won, his uh, whole racket kind of falls apart because the only reason you try and steer people onto uh, losing horses is because horse gambling isn't like other forms of gambling. The odds are directly calculated by what other people are laying as bets on the various horses. Hmm. You're only actually winning the money that the other people have bet. It's yeah, kind of like mutual. Po- yeah. Okay. I figured I, I figured Pat would know that, but like if you don't actually know about paramutual wagering, the whole setup for the movie doesn't make sense. It's like, well, what's his angle here? Why does he just want to make people place bets on horses that are going to lose? Yeah, I didn't understand that. So well, and also it's it's an old scam. Um, it does it doesn't really work much anymore. Um, that he was running at a horse track is you you go around and you just pick every you get somebody you, you tell people you're going to give them advice and you get ten different people. If, if there's ten horses, you get ten different people, and all of them place a bet on a different horse according to your advice. And then whoever wins comes and gives you a little bit of their win, and whoever loses, you just don't find them. They just mm. duck out on them. Yep. Wow, that's a long con, man. But I mean, that's that's the way that like the roaches at the tracks could make sure that they get like you know ten dollars here and there and whatever and, to feed and, the habit. Yep. Huh. Wow, that's a lot of work for a little payoff. Yep. And you got to hope the guy's going to come find you and give you a little piece. Yeah. Right. Got to hunt them down while avoiding the people you gave the bad advice to. Exactly. <laughs> a lot right, of ass which getting kicked in kind that of one. Establishes the lemon drop kid as a really small time minor criminal, <clears throat> which is why nobody could under yeah like the the big time criminals couldn't understand why he was able to get people to follow him. Yeah. 
So that was played by Bob Hope as the Lemon Drop Kid. Uh, Marilyn Maxwell was Brainy Baxter. Uh, Lloyd Nolan was Oxford Charlie. Jane Darwell was Nellie Thursday. Now, who thought Jane Darwell looked familiar? I, <coughs> I did. You did? Yeah. She was the bird woman from Mary Poppins. Oh. The one, you know, the Feed the Bird song, which also the Mary Poppins uh, gig was her last uh, film uh, presentation before she died. Uh, Fred Clark, Moose Moran. Now, William Frawley, neighbor to I Love Lucy, as Gloomy Willie. That threw me for a loop when I saw that. (laughs) And I have a bit of bonus trivia about William Frawley that I'll I'll return to him a little later on. I was like, why is Fred in this movie? Fred, what are you doing? (laughs) Fred, you went south. Where's Ethel? Where's Ethel? (laughs) Joel, did you, of course, you saw Tor Johnson? Yeah, as soon as I saw Tor, I went, wait, what? And it's the super (laughs) Swedish angel. I, I, I recognized like, him immediately. Oh, yeah. I was well, like, he was in he was in Plan Nine from Outer Space and Bride of the Atom. Come on, Bride of the Monster. But now, how right many now. of you <laughs> remember the movie Sixteen Candles? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember? Uh, I think she played the grandmother. Oh, Billy yeah. Bird. Billy Bird was in this. She's a Kansas City native. She used to do um, uh, dinner theater in Kansas City when she got into her later years. Okay. Yeah. Well, Billy Bird was in the very beginning when he's talking. On, he was a waitress, but. You know, yeah, when uh, he w- when Bob Hope was talking to the two the couple at the uh, Tibet on Iron Bar in the very beginning. Yeah, anyone? Billy Bird was a woman from that. Wow, a young, very young Billy Bird. Oh, very young Billy Bird. Yeah. But uh, also a little with the Christmas spin. Uh, the song "Silver Bells" was sung by Bob Hope and Marilyn Maxwell and was introduced in this film. So that was the first. Uh, I'm glad their version isn't the one that caught on. <laughs> just, just saying. You didn't like. I, li- the- I liked the polished up, you know, redone version that got released. The film it version. was pretty close, though. Yeah, in some it, ways. It just and like it, it kind of like a couple of the lyrics kind of dragged a bit, and you know. Well, it was, it was also for for a movie too. Right. I was just making a comment that yeah. I'm, I'm glad they cleaned it up. My my favorite part was for me and my Marie. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, racism, alive and well in 1951. Oh, yeah, that was was a lot of inappropriate shit in this movie. Yeah, that was really cringy, though, where they just had, like, the two Asian kids for no reason other than to make fun of them. And standing out in front of the Chinese laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Lewis is like, that'd be hilarious. (laughs) Oh, speaking of Jerry Lewis, Frank Tashlin uh, was uncredited as directing this movie, but he directed about a third of it. Uh, halfway through, they got rid of the original director and put him in, and he directed such star-studded hits as The Geisha Boy and Cinderfella. Very Jerry Lewis. Very Jerry Lewis, yes. So uh, maybe, you know, you never know. They don't shoot stuff in the right order. And maybe, <laughs> you know, when he jumped in, he's like, you know what this song needs? <laughs> Two little Asian kids. Some blatant racism. <laughs> this needs more racism. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Now, also on trivia, comedian Bob Hope was born in Leslie Towns Hope in Eltham, London. Bob Hope is from Great Britain. What? Yeah, he was born in London, England. He was the fifth of seven sons, uh, a light opera singer and of, of Avis Towns, and uh, who was an opera singer, his mom, and Henry Hope was a stonemason from uh, Somerset. So Bob Hope, who all this time I thought was like the, one of the American, you know, all-American type uh, actors, he was born in uh, England. I did when not he did know all that. those USO shows. I mean, like he was like all over during the war effort doing shows. Well, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, well, yeah, because we were over there. Screw him for not being American. He was just like, I want to go home for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, what's your take on Bob Hope? I mean, with he is he's a huge name. I mean, I think he's hilarious. I think he's funny. I think he's more funny when he's paired up with some with a straight man. Well, you get the the road movies. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you pair up pair him up with a road movie, uh, you I think he's funny, but on his own, it's when you it's like it's like having Costello by himself, right? You know, it's the sum is greater than the whole. Somebody to bounce off of. Yeah, and Marilyn, Marilyn, uh, Marilyn Maxwell. Marilyn Maxwell wasn't not. You know, the, nobody else in here was uh, played enough straight man to uh, maybe Tor Johnson though. <laughs> well, once he got the gangsters involved, he, he definitely had more people to kind of bounce that off of his sarcasm and whatnot. But yeah, earlier on, it was just him trying to do the con, and then when he trying to hook up with Brainy and trying to be the the suave kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. And boy, was she desperate. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I that was why she was interested in him at all. Well, and that's kind of a hallmark of movies of the era. Like we talked about the racism. That's like the woman going crazy for marriage. Like you have the same plot in Guys and Dolls with Adelaide. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie. Yeah, it's been a while, but I have. Where, yeah, you've got the love interest of one of the main characters who is treated like garbage, but because it's a feature of the films of the time, it's like, well, the the women are crazy for getting married. They, what was she they, like? they just like, can't wait to marry these bums. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. bail him out of jail and then he has to marry me or something. I mean, I'm like, this is not a, a hallmark of a good, strong foundation to start. <laughs> on. It's just a great way to start a relationship. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, well, here's giving that's a run. That's how Suzanne wrapped up Mike. Yeah, <laughs> I walked. He, she paid off my uh, my bail and was right there with the ring. So <laughs> I mentioned I had a bonus piece of trivia. Okay. I uh, accidentally found out that this is not the first film named The Lemon Drop Kid. Ah, very true. It is not, and in the other one was not nearly as comedic as this one was. Right. It was all about the uh, card sharps and racetrack gamblers and their lives. There were, were comedy elements, but this is from 1934. And I only noticed this because when I was looking around on various streaming sites to like find a copy of The Lemon Drop Kid, I could only find the one from the 30s. When I looked at the cast list, however, William Frawley was in the original as well as the 1950s. Who was oh. in the original? Same, not the same character. He was one of the no. horses. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, he was third billing. Uh, oh, was, really? Uh, William Dunhill. But that's the thing is, like the the cast, it's not a remake. Like all of the character names are different. Okay. His character's name was Fred Mertz. <laughs> no, it was not. And that Fred Mertz, his name <laughs> was, was Albert, Albert Einstein. Einstein. <laughs> But, I mean, Lucy didn't start until 51, so, I mean, this was, like, right before he – I mean, he was a film actor before that, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that gave him a Yeah, total- he and Vivian Vance were the only ones that were actual established, you know, uh, theater and actor and Broadway-type people. So, oh, well, I'm a Lucy fan from way back, so, yeah. I, I'm not saying she wasn't talented. I'm just saying that – No, 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 no. I'm just saying. It, it, they, it was – yeah, that was a interesting pull for them to be on that series, and – uh, but but anyway. I thought that was interesting that uh, he was in two movies with the same name that yeah. otherwise are almost completely unconnected. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. Are there any other actors you can think of that meet that criteria? Not 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 like a not like a sequel, but like uh, Deep Throat. Wow, <laughs> mommypenis.com. So anyway, the uh, the run on this one is okay. So Lemon Drop Kid uh, convinces, uh, that the, um, crap, I just lost his name. Moose Moran's girlfriend to bet on the wrong horse. So now he owes Moose Moran 10 grand or in our dollars, almost a hundred grand. 
kid, he bolts to New York City to try and come up with the money and meets up with Brainy Baxter, Marilyn Maxwell. And she's that, wait, wait. That means that guy was going to bet twenty thousand dollars on this horse. Yep. Yeah. And no, what I don't, what, what I, what I'm getting at is he was going to bet twenty thousand dollars on this horse, and he wasn't even going to go place the bet himself. He's just going to send his girl down there by herself with no security. Here's twenty thousand cash. You think that's going to happen? No. Well, the point is, the point was made is it's this wasn't even very much money to Moose Moran, right? But he he could not, for his reputation's sake allow someone to get one over on him. Well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, he would at least send security with her. Yeah. Because that's, that's the kind of money that the plebeians will kill you over. Yeah, but 20 grand, like, I mean, it's a lot of money, but the best security is most people who aren't idiot two-bit hucksters should probably know that uh, this girl is related to Moose Moran, and uh, that's pretty good security, just his name. Right, steer clear. Yeah. So he did... I still call... <clears throat> you call BS? Anakin's. Well... So he bolts after this to New York, trying to come up with the money, sees the Santa Claus is on the corners, ringing the bells for money, and he immediately gets pinched on that, tossed in the jail. And then uh, Brainy Baxter comes and bails him out. What kind of name is that? Brainy? I think it's Norwegian. (laughs) It's a nickname, you dummy. Well, I understand that, but I'm just saying like that's a horrible nickname. Well, but uh, the question is, does it have to do with because she was smart or because she was attractive? Mm. Because she's definitely not brainy being with being with the lemon drop kid. No. Yeah. So uh, he finally, after he gets out of jail, he realizes that he's going in the wrong direction on this. And he comes up with the idea of helping out who is the patron saint of con men in New York, apparently, is Nellie Thursday. To come up with the Nellie Thursday home for old dolls, which <laughs> I think is hilarious. So he talks Moose Moran, uh, Moose Moran's one of Moose Moran's guys, to letting him use uh, one of the casinos that he has up here to let the old ladies stay into and raise money as an actual fundraiser and as for this uh, home for the old dolls. And then no, he them- didn't. He didn't even ask Moose. He just used it. No, no, no. Because he-, he talked to the doc. Remember? Yeah, but Sam the surgeon, uh, I think, led him into the casino. But I don't think Moose knew that they were using the casino until the end of the movie. Oh, okay. I missed that then because I thought I thought they uh, Moose knew about it. So either way, either way, they wind up in this old this casino that can't be used because they they almost got busted for illegal gambling. So it's been shut down. So now he's letting the old ladies stay there, and they've got all sorts of letting them sleep on the roulette tables. Uh, sleeping on the craps tables, and then he gets a ridiculous scene. <laughs> that was just a ridiculous scene. <laughs> the the height of special effects in 1951 was forwarding and reversing the the film because they flip a switch and they think they're turning off the lights, and then suddenly all the craps tables and all the roulette wheels and everything else goes into the walls. Walls flip over. Uh, the one goes like directly into the fireplace. Yeah. So, and then what they actually did was they just forward and reversed. Well, I mean, the, 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 the whole scene was just this really badly written comedy piece where like, you know, we flip a switch and all this happens and we suddenly can't figure out how to just flip the switch the other way. We have to instead go insane like monkeys in, you know, in the movie 2001 and just beat the switches until they're all broken. It was just really dumb. That's the way it is in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the switch turned the light on. I didn't want the light on. That's Destroy why, the house. That's why all your roulette wheels are in the fireplace. Exactly. <laughs> You've been here. Anyway. So, how, how it, many roulette tables do you have? <laughs> but not uh, anymore. <laughs> That was exactly. a ridiculous, a ridiculous scene. I mean, and then when the whole wall blows out, 
Because apparently flipping flipping light switches on and off repeatedly will make them explode out of the wall. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean the whole scene was just written for comedy and it's just not not at all funny. But, but then again, that's that's the humor in 1951. That was that slapstick. No, I don't. I oh no, I don't subscribe to that because at the same time the Marx Brothers were making physical comedy and making it work. Point taken. Uh, yeah, my point. My point being, Horse I was. Feathers, it was I was just. I'm just going to say real quick. I was disappointed in this movie because Bob Hope is not as funny as I thought he was, and it made me sad. I, you're a little off in your timing, though, because the Marx Brothers movies were the were the the 30s. Yeah, I understand. Not that. the 50s. I mean, you bet your life was on at this point. I mean, I, the Mar- was yeah, yeah, he was definitely still relevant. They may not have been doing slapstick physical comedy. Yeah. And Same thing with Three Stooges. I mean, I'm saying, was, I think it predated this. And then, right. And Pat's point is, is that they didn't invent good comedy in like 1970. <clears throat> True. Right. right. No, yeah. the Marx Brothers were extremely witty, um, despite all the, the, the physical stuff. That was just well-written comedy, but it's still it's it's still slapsticky kind of vaudevillian whatever. Well, and I think it's also in the fact that uh, Bob Hope is like we said before, he's playing on his own, well, and, and he's a hundred percent rooted in vaudeville. So I mean, he's he's very over the top and campy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with work. Pat that a lot of the I, I thought a lot of his scene work was snappy and witty. Uh, and funny, but a lot of the physical comedy kind of fell flat. The, the other bit with him standing over the vent and blowing his suit up, yeah, hamming it up. I, that was. I was just like, okay, I can see why they thought this was funny, but okay, yeah, yeah. Or the whole scene with him trying to put the head back on this the statue. Yeah, okay, that I actually hurts. thought was kind of yeah. funny. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm sitting there watching this, going, "How dumb is this woman that she doesn't know something is going on right now?" So anyway. So. But in the meantime, while they're collecting all this money, Oxford Charlie, the guy with the bad feet, <laughs> which is, realizes that they can take over this uh, scan that he's got going because apparently wherever Nellie Thursday is is where the Nellie Thursday home is. Yep. Because <laughs> obviously they didn't register like the address and all that to where the home is when they made a, came up with this uh, city license to collect and all this. So they. Uh, Oxford and Charlie and his crew. Un- unbeknownst to her, is a gold mine. Yeah. So, Coming back to domain names. So, no, geez. so Nellie Thursday gets kidnapped by Oxford Charlie and his Nelly crew. dot <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so they come I will up. say about Oxford Charlie, okay. he actually came off as one of the nice guy gangsters until his turn in the middle of the movie. Well, then he proved to be, I thought, almost worse than Moose Moran. Yeah. Oh, Honestly. yeah. He was not ashamed about kidnapping and abusing old ladies, that's for sure. Right, because his turn from being this guy that you're like, you're like, oh, okay, he's not a bad dude. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously a gangster, but he, like, loans Brainy the money to get uh, the Lemon Drop Kid out of prison. He seems almost, like, grandfatherly, gentlemanly, and then he makes his turn. I actually thought that was pretty effective. Exactly. Well, yeah, because then he realized how much money he could make. Because remember, he was in all that tax trouble. So oh, he needed the money to pay right. off those taxes. Remember? Des- he, so because he, he couldn't write off the money that he was using Grifton or he, uh, the protection money, he couldn't write that off. Oh. That was all. Yeah, so he was in tax trouble. So when he discovered that you know, he could make, they were making all this money. He and kidnapped Nelly Thursday and all the other old dolls. And um, uh, geez, what's her name? Just lost it again. Uh, Marilyn he- Maxwell takes him to a new place. Now that's the home. So now apparently that's where all the money goes. So now, how do we solve this? Put Bob Hope in drag. 
<laughs> that is a solution to everything. All, all you got to do to turn a middle-aged man into an old lady is just put a veil over his face. You don't have to do anything else. That's it. Well, he had a wig and a hat. It worked and for that whole scene when he's stealing that outfit was really stupid, too. It worked for buddies. Okay, no, I think you're wrong on that. I think the scene where he's stealing that is actually pretty funny. It went on too long. That was the problem. It I'll, was funny at first, and then it just kept going and kept going and kept going. I'm like, all right, they need to. It was funny again once the cop is in the window, practically straddling the mannequin, and the entire crowd is laughing at him. Yeah. Yeah, they could have they could have cut the whole thing a little bit shorter, but it was funny when he's you know when the hand comes out and takes a takes a hat down and all that. I mean, it it was again. I hate to say it again, but it's a, a different time. I mean, people laughed at stranger things back then, like racism. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't laugh at that. Racism was very serious. Back ah, then. yeah, it's okay. So, um, take your racism and your misogyny very seriously. <laughs> So they go in there and they try and steal the money. There's a struggle. Naturally, he, you know, for some reason, he gets his hand stuck in the drawer and then decides to put his foot in another drawer. Uh, then you have the awkward uh, thug comes in and thinks uh, Charlie is making out with one of the old ladies. Yeah, and Oxford Charlie doesn't do anything to disabuse him of that notion. Yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, hey, boss. Oh, I see you're porking an old lady. I guess I'll come back later. After I watch for another 30 seconds. Yeah, that was kind of weird. So they all run back to the original home with Charlie hot on his tails, with, and they meet up with Moose Moran. In the meantime, they when they show up, they flip the switch. All the casinos open up right in front of Moose Moran, or all the, all the tables open up again. And Moose realizes that he is going to get busted if anybody catches these, this gambling going on. And then the, the, one, the judge, apparently they, at one point or another, went and talked to the judge and set up a sting. Well, they had the little Boy Scout. Ah, uh, well, yeah, that Boy Scout was weird too. He stole yeah, a bike from a Boy that Scout. That Boy Scout was actually CIA. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so then the cop. cops come in and arrest only Charlie and Moran and Moose Moran. Because right. plot. Meanwhile, Gloomy Willie is running the crap stable over there. Highly illegal gambling, and they don't get away scot free. Plot. Trying to figure that out. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll work on it in a second rewrite. <laughs> That's, then, they'll fix it in post and close. <laughs> like, we'll we'll magically sew, sew up all these little circles in the sequel. Yeah, I mean the fact that they're running around shooting at each other when they get there isn't addressed at all. But I mean it's, the, the sequel, the Lemon Drop Adult. <laughs> well, it didn't didn't really. It made two point three million dollars. Well, Bob Hope. Yeah. Uh, the scene with him as the little old lady riding the bicycle through the building. It was actually one of the few. Uh, even though it was obviously like bad 1950s special effects, it was one of the few bits of special uh, physical comedy I actually thought worked. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It was ridiculous. I mean, like the pre-pre-green screen days. Right, pre-pre-green screen. Yeah, especially when he slides across the floor on his face. That was... But no, I mean, it's... I mean, uh, around the table. I mean, we'll uh, let's finish it off. Like, uh, liked it or hated it on this one? Just a thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, we'll do a thumbs up, thumb down, thumbs down right now before the break. Hmm. Uh, it's a thumbs down from me. Uh, for me, it's a thumbs up. I'm a sucker for 30s, 40s, 50s, any of those old comedies. Uh, that's what I grew Give up Give me the Thin on, Man so. any day over this. Oh, I got oh, a sure. Spot, oh, so. hell yeah. Well, you're talking a different class of... Yeah, that is... I agree with Joel. That is a different class of humor. That's more wit humor than physical humor. That's what I'm saying. I'd, I'd, I'd like that more than I like this. But I'm not saying it's this is... A, I like a, the Barks Brothers more than I like Three Stooges. Well, so do I, but I'm not saying this is the, the, the height of comedy. I'm just saying it was fun. It was enjoyable. It did what it was supposed to do. And at the end of the day, it I didn't... It didn't do what it was supposed that. to do. It was supposed to be funny, and it didn't make me laugh. That's because you're <laughs> old and angry. It really, it really didn't. It, I don't recall, like, 
laughing once watching this whole movie. I felt good watching the movie. I enjoyed myself. I wanted to laugh. I wanted to like it, and it didn't, didn't make me laugh. laugh. I laughed. I had, I had a huge laugh out loud moment in this movie, but the biggest laugh was the final line when the cow moves and yes. he calls it Bing. That was funny. And what was okay? What was the other crap uh, crack with? Oh, um, that he called it Crosby. No, oh, he, you're right. He called the cow Crosby. Yeah, he called the cow Crosby, and I then later on he line. was talking about um milton burl he was ripping on other actors left and right in this one i think see i think a lot of this that we we missed on it was that we're not aware of what was going on at the times i think there were a lot of in jokes in this movie that we're we just we're just not clued in on he was like roasting his buddies in his own movie yeah well and yeah the looser narrative style is something you'll see like uh from the 50s and on back like it gets looser and looser the further you go back yeah and, like, every comedy had to have music. And in this, the music was generally pretty good. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Except for that song the women were singing. That was a weird – I don't – I don't. I wanted. I I wanted to write notes on it because I remember. <laughs> I rewound it just to listen to it again. I was like, "What is this song?" Oh, when, you know the one I'm talking about. All the chorus girls were singing together. It was yeah, just that a, was kind of strange, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a weird ass song. So See, was, I recently saw Guys and Dolls again, and I can't remember. They have they're very similar movies in some ways, except Guys and Dolls is way better. And I can't remember if the chorus line was that "Pet Me, Papa" or is that "Guys and Dolls." <laughs> you. <laughs> that, that must be "Guys, guys and Dolls." dolls. That's petmepapa.com. <laughs> Pet, petmommy'spenis.com. Yo. So Pat's a thumbs down. I'm a thumbs up. I'm a like, thumbs I, up. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I'm a thumbs up because I grew up watching these movies. Old black and white movies were a staple in my house, and yeah, it's not. I personally think Bob Hope is better when he has. A partner in the movies like the road movies with mm-hmm. Bing Crosby I mean those are a lot better than this I just think yeah. on his own Bob Hope is eh he's funny but he's not as funny as he could be if he has somebody to bounce the jokes off of I like it because I gave him the thumbs up because in Joel it made me feel good it's a movie that we used to watch for Christmas time when I was in when I was a kid and it's a familiar you know just it's cheesy 50s movies uh, give of, me a miracle on forty on thirty fourth street any day. I think I'm kind of in the middle uh, of all of you guys. Like I'm going to give it a thumbs up, but it's not a particularly enthusiastic one. Like I liked Silver Bells, the song. I liked some of the other songs. I thought some of the scenes worked, uh, and I liked the world that they were creating with all of these underworld characters. Before that was like a thing. That type of uh, movie was something we we're used to seeing. But I don't know. There were other things that didn't work that uh, made me not like enthusiastic. I'm not going probably never going to see it again. Yeah. I mean, if I want to watch a, a, a musical comedy Christmas type movie around this time, I, you know, White Christmas or something like that would be a better movie and, and funnier to me. But it's just a feel good movie. It's just one you can put in and just have fun with. I mean, I'm, I'm, while I'm not going to have it in my rotation of movies, I watch this about once a year. Hmm. Around Christmas time, watch The Lemon Drop Kid. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. This movie stinks on ice. <laughs> you stink on ice. So we've got the whole spectrum from <laughs> hated it to meh to yeah, it was all right. I, I like it because uh, I, I grew up with it to Joel's just like, yes. I didn't like absolutely love it. I just saying it was it was it is what it is and it did what it was supposed to do. And I can't fault it for that. So you don't actually have the Bob Hope tattoo. Oh, dude. He's getting the Bob Hope nose job. Oh, nice. wow. Taking a whole nother level. No. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So you guys want to take a break? Yeah. yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about kind of a modern interpretation of a similar story with criminals dressed up as Santa Claus. Yeah. Bad Santa from 2003. Right on. On my fucking lunch break. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you know what? Santa, fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine that with Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> Bing's over in the corner. Blah, 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 fuck blah, me, blah. lemon drop. Fuck me, lemon drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. You know what I picked up? I picked up this Guinness Blonde. Herpes. What? <laughs> I don't know. Have you tried it, Josh? Yeah, I thought it was one of the worst beers I had this year. I think you I disagree. Th- I'm disagreeing th- again. I, th- I thought it was okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're keep wrong. in mind, I drink a lot of good beer. Yeah, I mean, I don't drink. I drink more wine than beer, so. Yeah, I've probably. Like, I could check. You probably drink as much good beer as I drink good wine. Dude, I just picked up this bottle of Ice Ice Mountain today, and it is some good water. This year, I have had... Where's my profile here? I have had 163 new beers. Wow. Damn. I gotta start doing something with the wine. It's like two a day. Well, I would frequently get a pick-your-own-six and go through three of them on a Thursday. So I've had like six beers in my entire life. I'll be back. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Time for drinks. All right. Welcome back, folks. We are on to part two of our Santa Con episode. Con men that like to dress up. Yeah. Yeah. Coscon? Cos Coscon? What? No, that means like that that leaves like Bill Cosby type thing. Welcome to Coscon. Yeah, drink this. Sponsored by Ambien. <laughs> so. And mommypenis.com. <laughs> After it, you still won't shit right for a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the second movie, for the now, we watch Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton and came out in 2003. Uh, a miserable con man and his partner pose as Santa and his little helper to rob department stores on Christmas Eve. But they run into problems when the con man befriends a troubled kid and the security boss discovers the plot. Sounds very similar to the Lemon Drop Kid. That, you know what, is something <laughs> that I kind of, I, I realized after I'd watched the second one, after I'd watched this. It was, here you have the, the con man down on his luck who winds up taking care of someone who can't take care of himself. Gets the foil. I guess in this one would be Tony Cox. I'm not sure if it'd be more Tony Cox or Marcus or uh, Bernie Max Jin. Uh, try and get in on it, and then he has to. You know, then there's a moment of redemption at the end where he. And also, there's a just a weird out of nowhere, like the cops show up when you don't expect them at the climax. Yeah, like and, the endings are very similar up until the very end of Bad Santa. And the whole musical scene where Billy Bob Thornton and N.J. Nandu sang together that whole uh, uh, I am an ass clown song <laughs> that's a great song <laughs> that didn't happen santa's no. little ass clown <laughs> so, what why does santa have a, a clown nose because he's an ass clown that's, yeah so, right oh, off, man. Know, Jesus. i don't think you guys know what ass clown means i don't yeah. think you know what ass clown means <laughs> i certainly don't <laughs> so this is starring Billy Bob Thornton as Willie, the con man himself, Tony Cox as his little helper, Marcus, Brett Kelly as the kid, Lauren Graham as Sue, Lauren Tom as mm. Lois, Bernie Mac in one of his 
funnier scene, funnier uh, characters is Jin and the late John Ritter in his last film appearance as Bob Chepeska as the store manager. Don't forget the late Bernie Mac. I was about oh, to yeah, say, late yeah, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac yeah. is also late. Yeah, the reason I focus on John Ritter is because they actually, uh, <laughs> this movie <laughs> is dedicated to John Ritter at the end. Because he, I think he died in production during the production. Not because of the movie. Not because yeah. of the movie, but he passed away while the movie was being filmed, I believe. Because that's why, in like the second half of the movie, you don't see him at all, really. Well, and fans of Lauren Tom will will recognize her from Futurama. Oh yeah. Oh, that's uh, what's her name's mom, isn't it? No, no. She plays no. uh, she plays Amy. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I thought she was Amy's mom, and she okay. also she does that voice too. Oh, well, there friends. you go. See, I'm right. Also, Chandler's uh, uh, Ross's girlfriend for a while. Just uh, a clarification: John Ritter did not die while this movie was being made. Oh, wait, maybe he did because it was the same year. Yeah, I think he passed. That's a, that's because he doesn't show up at all in the second half of the movie. What well, was just weird because it's the last thing he filmed, but it's not. Not his last film credit. Uh, he had some voice work that continued on until 2006. Oh, well, then he could have recorded that at any time then. Right. Because, I mean, he was also, I mean, John Ritter did a lot of voice work in the last, uh, you know, in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, he was the voice of Clifford the Big Red Dog on the yeah. cartoon series. So, But uh, also, not to be missed, the A.J. Nadeau, uh, known for his... Uh, his uh, character on um, Office Space. His mm-hmm. groundbreaking work on Office Space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I'm sorry, printer breaking work. Yes. So there's the uh, the player down with the resurrection. And so yeah, here's some trivia. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton admitted that he was genuinely intoxicated during the filming of this movie. <laughs> Uh, Not at all a shock. Yeah, which also yeah makes complete sense to me in this entire thing. Uh, it's also John Ritter's final act- acting appearance. And That's why he took to the role. He's like, I could method that. <laughs> Now, here's where it gets weird. Jack Nicholson read the script and wanted to do the film, but had to turn it down because he was committed to Something's Gotta Give. And the funny thing is he was going to play Marcus's character. <laughs> Alec Baldwin was attached to play Willie. Ooh, wow, there's a call out. Yeah, that's that's going way back. Uh, throughout the film, I mean, I, I found this in the trivia because I was like, what's with the oranges? Is that Bernie Mac's character had chronic constipation, eating oranges, mixing stool softeners, all that sort of thing. So couldn't figure out why. I didn't know what was going on with the oranges initially. Uh, Larry David was also considered for the role of Willie. And he would have been pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty <laughs> It would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, but okay. yeah, it's still a very good one, though. I think. Oh yeah, and then it would have been a lot less, um, a lot less vile and a lot more just biting. Yeah, uh, Bill Murray was signed as Willie, but then dropped out to do Lost in Translation. I can't see that though. Ooh, yeah. I don't know that I can see that. Bill, you can't or can? I'm trying to picture it. I can't. Oh, I totally. It would have been a lot more sarcasm. Yeah, I mean, again, it would be just like you know, like Larry David would be a lot more like piercing humor. Bill Murray would be all sarcasm and less of the coarseness of. I don't know if Bill Murray or Larry David would would like go for the whole you know him peeing himself scene. I heard I I heard that was ad libbed. (laughs) (laughs) He just that 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 was the camera was just rolling on a break. Yeah. This movie is a lot about self-loathing and like I could see it. We saw it with Billy Bob Thornton and I could see it with Larry David. I'm not sure I could see that angle being really effective with Bill Murray. I could be wrong. I mean, the guy's got some range, but it's just not usually the way he plays comedy. Right, because even in his comedy, he's still the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I could I I could see it would be a different movie, but it wouldn't be as he wouldn't be as pathetic as Willie was by being played as Billy Bob Thornton. Right. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton knows how to get in that gutter. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. And there uh, wasn't a lot redeeming about him, even though I mean that's one of the fun parts about the movie is you try you're trying so hard to like him and you do like him, but at the same time he's just such a miserable degenerate that you can't help but Yeah. You like him over there. Right. Right. <laughs> like you feel bad for the people in his in his like radius. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. can't even imagine what he smells like. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh the Czech Republic's title for this film translates to Santa is a pervert. <laughs> right. That's fair. Yeah. And uh Billy Thornton has said that he has had eight year olds approach him about his role in this movie, to which he was stunned the parents would even allow their kids to watch the movie at that age. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. He does. Maybe they're uh, out mountain climbing. <laughs> yeah. Billy Bob Thornton, an unlikely voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Brett Kelly, uh, we've seen him before, and he was a razor blade kid from back when we did Trick or Treat for our Halloween shows. Yeah, he's also in the Sandlot. Like, he, he plays this kid, yeah. uh, although not quite this, like, his character in this movie was a lump. Well, you know what well, I thought was broken. Hilarious. <laughs> The oh, one more thing I want to toss in there. This is not the first time that John Ritter and Billy Bob Thornton have worked together. Yep, they were together on a sitcom called Hearts of Fire that starred those two and Marky Post, and hmm. they were in Sling Blade together. Yeah, and Hearts of Fire. My mom actually bought the box set because she loved it so much, and it's it's funny but very very eighties. Very 80s sitcom. Your He's mom probably funny. thought it had an actual heart in it. He's funny but not gay funny. Mm-hmm. So what? It's a terrible thing to say, Carl. That's a conversation <laughs> between John Ritter and, and Carl. Oh so, yeah. Then there's a one where they're queer. remember the one where they're walking along the side of the, the in one episode of Hearts of Fire and Billy Bob Thornton and uh John Ritter are walking while wearing ballet costumes and they've got a sheep and they're they're stranded and Billy Bob Thornton's like, Well, here's what we do. We put the sheep on the side of the road and hide in the bushes, and when a car comes up, we rush up and jump in the car. And John Ritter's like, why would somebody stop? And Billy Bothorn just, without missing, goes, hey, free sheep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and the two of them were really funny together in this, but that's unfortunately, is like going back and watching it, that's like the only part of it is the interaction between them that was funny to me. Well, that's probably why it didn't last as long as it could have. Yeah. But either way, back to Bad Santa. Yes. So was I the only one who had not seen this before? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't I really just had no interest in watching this movie and I'm not exactly sure why. I I guess I'm pretty picky when it comes to physical comedy and gross out humor and I think I expected a lot more gross out humor than I got. See, and I figured <clears throat> that Zawigoff's name would have been enough to get you to give it a shot. Apparently not. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I knew it was a Zweigoff-directed uh, project until I looked into it for this show. So there's that. Okay. I could buy that then because otherwise I, I, I would have thought that would have been enough to make you go, well, I'll give it a shot because of that. Yeah, you're probably right. It is a good cast. Crap, you know? Oh, yeah. Also, I want to toss in Cloris Leachman as grandma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I want to make you some sandwiches. <laughs> What is it with you and the sandwiches? What is it with you and making sandwiches? <laughs> you know what, though? Okay. <laughs> my my quick, fa- just real quick, my okay. favorite throw, throwaway line in this movie is when he's driving the kid home the first time 
and he just he just breaks on him and he's like are you fucking with me kid (laughs) (laughs) he does i was gonna say he does that to that kid so many times like when they're playing checkers he did it when I, the first time I saw this movie, that, that was the, the the line that made me like laugh out loud in the oh, theater. This is close, was like, sister. man, were you dropped yeah. on your head as a kid? How could they drop me on my own head? What? <laughs> what? Are you are you fucking with me? <laughs> like, or when he's playing checkers and he keeps pushing one checker forward, bringing it back. <laughs> that was me as a kid. Like, my kid, pick a move and stick with it. And then he like collects like half his pieces and. <laughs> When he slaps You've got to be fucking with me. King me. <laughs> <laughs> this Billy Bob does the whole you're cheating thing and flips, flips <laughs> oh, the, man. the board and throws uh, everything. But the the movie, okay, so he he's him and um and Marcus, Tony Cox, play Conman. They go into the department store's place. They kick out whoever's playing Santa because, hey, he's got a midget for right. the elf. Tony Cox sticks around behind. Turns off the alarm, lets them in. Billy Bob, who has been taught to uh, crack safes by his abusive father, cracks a safe while him and his wife, or Marks and his wife, Sue, or uh, Lois, go in and shop. Um, it's apparently been working for a while. They, you know, make some good hits. Then they just dis- everyone disappears and they get back together for Christmas, do another score for the next year. What they say, um, like seven years they've been doing it? Yeah. Did Bernie Mac say? Yep, seven years yeah. they've been doing it. Different malls changing their names every time. They show up at this mall at a store that's, you know, a department store managed by John Ritter, who plays the geeky, like, not wanting to offend anybody character so good. Yeah, the really yeah. soft-spoken kind of – doesn't want any confrontation at all from yes. anybody. Mil- the, the, in- the milk toast PC guy. Yeah he, yeah, he was in the changing room and said that he she wasn't going to <laughs> S-H-I-T – Right for a month, and the way he the way he whispers, you know, what what, what fuck stick? <laughs> right. What what did he say? And then the opposite side of the coin is Bernie Mac, who's just like <laughs> he said, "fuck stick out loud." You know, I mean, just uh, Bernie and Bernie Mac's character has you know has uh, for as cor- uh, milk toasty as John Ritter is, Bernie Mac doesn't get doesn't give a shit when he catches a kid stealing the video game and then steals his MP3 player from him. Yeah. And he just starts reaching into the kid's pants just to pull the, the game out. <laughs> so yeah, very, very brazen, you know, exact opposite of brazen. Brazen, and not a very like not sound right. Itself, brazen, it's brazen, yeah. So yeah. in the meantime, while uh, Willie's playing Santa Claus, Brett Kelly, the kid, shows up, snot crusted, and just is astounded. It's just like amazed that Santa Claus is there. <laughs> uh, once again, get this kid out of here. He's freaking me out. <laughs> You know what? I liked him, but you know who I liked even better was Fragglestick Car. <laughs> what the fuck is a Fragglestick Car? Fragglestick Car. car. Fraggle stick car. <laughs> and then he looks at Marcus, and even he's like, Meh. um. Some of the best interactions in this movie. I mean, you're, you're getting the plot down. You know, uh, Jin Bernie Mac, you know, discovers what they're doing. He wants in and wants fifty percent. Which the whole conversation between Marcus and Jin in the in the bar. <laughs> that guy's an idiot. Oh, that's why you got the upper hand on him in the negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what about thirty-five? Fifty. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Fifty. Yeah, he kept saying half. Half. But um, so Bernie Mac wants in. Uh, in the meantime, Marcus and Lois decide that they're going to off Jin. Also, in another in Willie's life, he meets up with Sue, who's played by Lauren Graham, who has some real weird issues with well, Santa. Just the, fact, the way that he treats her, she still keeps coming back like, I like you. And he's like, 
just completely an asshole. Like to the nth, like he could care less if she said anything to him at all. And yet yeah, it wasn't until like the, you know she'd come over like three or four times before he finally started warming up to her. Even well, that right. was when she brought him the booze too. So yep. well, and that's the thing is the way she was played and the way even the kid was played is you've got <clears> all of these pieces of shit characters like unredeemable assholes and contrasted you've got these two characters that don't even think about it they're just good they're nice to people they do what they're supposed to they've got their own issues but they are genuinely good people and they're not issues that are harming anyone else right and I, i thought it was interesting because them foiling for the other characters got to see like it it made them look even worse yeah because yeah, every time, every time that Willie treats the kid poorly, you're just like, oh man, and you know he just drops another rung. Oh well, yeah. And one of the nice arcs in the whole thing is that in the beginning, you feel like Marcus's character is the level-headed, the the good one. And as it goes on, you realize that he's just taking advantage of the fact that he's got a guy that can crack a safe, and he'll tolerate him as long as he can to get what he wants. Yeah. And he'll get rid of anybody that gets in his way. But he's the ultimate selfish one in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, and I thought that was that was really well laid out the way they did that. And the insult battle between Marcus and Jin, between Bernie Max and Tony Cox, when uh, Billy Bob had oh, passed yeah. out. That how am I not, supposed to carry him out to draw me? Yeah, <laughs> draw me a picture of how my three foot ass is supposed to take him into the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them i wonder how many takes they had to do that because or the, or the scene in the boxing ring oh that's that oh. hysterical <laughs> i lose it every time that tony cox gets punched and goes down and almost <laughs> flips over <laughs> oh and all of them get uh sack punched <laughs> kid, kid maybe you shouldn't hang around me so much <laughs> No, that I mean, and it's, there's a lot of really great scenes like that. I mean, the like I said, you said the boxing scene between Marcus and Jin talking. Um, the, apparently the scene where Tony Cox comes up to uh, Billy Bob when he's sta- sitting in the chair goes, maybe you shouldn't be fingering your ass while he's in. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be digging in your ass. <laughs> that was a that was an ad lib. That was an ad lib, and they shot that, and then immediately had to cut scene because they, everybody lost it. From what I read on that, it's, it's just like, That's and awesome. even the director, uh, um, the director, when he he said that after he did that, that he would be sitting at home, like middle of the night, it would strike him, and he would just start busting laughing about it but the thing is like you i mean you're right you can't really like willie because you're like oh you know he's starting to warm up to the kid you know he's making him dinner he's you know the kid slices his hand open when he slices and he goes to pour the pour the vodka on his hand and he's like i was supposed to tell you that was gonna sting yeah <laughs> trying to help oh 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 and there's grandma goes to the bottom of the stairs you all right in there <laughs> So you know, the, the trick to wrap about a shirt around it or something. Well, I mean, then you you kind of like me, like yeah, he's kind of warming up. He's maybe not as bad as you think he is. And then the very next scene, he's dry humping a girl in a punball machine, and, and then he eats the kid's advent calendar. Yeah, <laughs> but he does realize the next morning he's like, oh shit! Like he realized that he didn't really mean to. He was just really drunk. I got a yep. candy corn. They can't all be winners, kid. It's <laughs> yeah. a good life lesson. That's actually between my brother and I. That's like an ongoing crack between us. Like something happens. Can't all be winners. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, okay, I'm sorry. I just went back. Just realized. What was with the talking walnut? <laughs> I don't know. But I, don't I kept know waiting that for that to be a, a thing. <laughs> and then the talking walnut will tell him where to go. Yeah, and, and it won't be my bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Billy Will. I'm sorry. Willie's always like, what the hell is wrong with you? 
<coughs> oh, I mean, but I I laughed at it. I thought it was funny, but it was just such. Uh, the, the only person I really liked in the entire movie was like, okay, you're a genuine like all right person. Was probably John Ritter's character. Hmm. I mean, See, like, I, but you I wouldn't want to hang out with him with John. Yeah, with, jo- with oh, Bob. Chepesco. Oh, with Bob Chapesco. No, I wouldn't want to hang out with Bob Chapesco. I definitely want to hang out with John Ritter. Um, I mean, Lauren Graham, Sue's uh, the Sue character. She was all right, but in the same notion, you know, they're humping and is in the hot tub. You know, they're standing. They're on the floor, and the kid comes over and doesn't phase her one little bit. I mean, she's better than the rest, but not by much. Oh, I completely disagree. You think so? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, for one thing, she's ignorant of the exact situation that's going on in the house. Right. That True. he's just moved okay. in to this random person's house. Uh, and she's got a naivety to her. And, yeah, I mean, the kid walks in on them, but instead of making it weird, they stop. She talks to the kid, and she genuinely likes kids. She wants to, like, do the whole family thing, which sets up the ending pretty nicely Mm -hmm. with her kind of becoming, like, a mother figure for the kid at the end. Uh, Who knows how long dad's going to be in prison, and grandma's obviously not going to (laughs) be any more coherent. That shit happens when you party naked. <laughs> that that grandma's dead scene. Oh god, it's so yeah. funny. <laughs> what was the scene with the luminaries guy? Oh, the when they, they're putting up the luminaries. Matt do you Walsh. mind if I come in? Yes. Oh, okay. No, I do mind. Because <laughs> I kept thinking about that. I kept imagining you in that sequence, Mike. Like me? Something you're, no, like early on when you first moved to the neighborhood. Oh, when you moved with your grandma, like somebody coming in the door and talking to you like that, and you're like, no. Yeah, I, I don't tend to let strangers in the house. <laughs> they they did luminaries every year at at, at my dad's house. Uh, yeah, I think they're pretty to look at. But when they come up and they they have that kind of a thing where you know it's it's, it's like a bolt mentality where like like I mean everyone has to do the luminaries. If you don't do the luminaries, you're like a you're like a pariah in the neighborhood, well, and they will come out and just put them in your yard for you. When he says I, he's like I'm a I'm a Muslim, and and they they still like well okay well then should I bring you like the bags? It's like well he's telling he doesn't want to participate. But anyway, yeah, <clears throat> I'm, I'm telling you, those HOA people are not messing around with their luminaries. And if he's the first, that poor guy, he's like, it's just it's my first year's luminary guy. I want it all to go right. Yeah, otherwise they'll kill me. I don't Christ. want to be from the HOA. So Josh, Ooh, that's a great name for a rap art, or like a hip hop group. HOA, Homeowners Association. <laughs> <laughs> you wear like cardigans, and I'm just. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Sponsored by MommyPenis.com. And like all your advertisement looks like, you know, uh, warning notices for violating <laughs> HOA standards. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, but yeah. back to the movie. Another million dollar idea. Just saying. so, Mike, it sounded like you had a question. I was until the <laughs> HOA comment, and then that just uh, he yes, knocked Lauren it out of Graham my head. Is hot to yes. answer your question. Who is Lauren Graham? Lauren Graham from Do you think Girls. so? Yes. Oh yes. yeah. Very much so. Very girl next door. Uh, I having not seen this movie when I was first watching it, like, I don't know. I, I, I think I enjoy it more looking back on it, talking about it with you guys than I did when I was actually watching it. I didn't dislike it. Uh, I was expecting to either like have my opinion on it totally turned around and turns out that I love it or have my opinion confirmed and kind of hated it. But as I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is about what I expected. And I guess I reflected on it and some of the things about, like, the storytelling. And I liked it. I don't think I liked it uh, as much as you guys do, though. Well, and you know what's funny, though, Josh, is the first time I saw it, I had the same reaction you did. 
And it wasn't until I saw it this time that I had the reaction that I think the other two guys do. Which is what? Well, well the first how, time how I saw many it, I was like, out of 10 would you give it? I never had any plan to watch it again, honestly. After I saw it the first time, I was like, that was, that was pretty good. I mean, I don't get the complete uh, love that everybody has for it. But when you guys brought it up for the show, I'm like, you know, okay, I like it. I, I really enjoy Billy Bob Thornton. And I, I really enjoyed it this time. And I get kind of more where people are coming from. So Yeah, I really like this movie. I wouldn't say I love it, but I like this movie a lot. I love the character of Willie. I, I mean, I know you're supposed to hate him, but I mean, he's like a hero to me. <laughs> <laughs> that explains yeah. so much. <laughs> and it all comes together. <laughs> he just wants Lauren Graham. Well, that that doesn't hurt at all. But um, I mean, there are so many times when I want to say the things that that this character gets to say to people to their you know to their faces. It's just it's you know, Pat, you could. I know because I mean I do partially. That's part of the problem. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, See, I so. think I think that's that's why he's. I don't say it, I don't say attractive, but why you kind of like it because he gets away with saying all this crap. Like when exactly. the, when he's sitting at lunch and he, <laughs> you know, and the kid could first off, the mom brings the kid over to you know the kid. He's obviously not wearing the mask, get you know, the the beard. He's not wearing. Oh, there's Santa. Let's yeah. tell him what you know <laughs> when he's. And it's her own fault, honestly. I mean, yeah, I'm on my lunch break <laughs> with the lettuce spraying out of his mouth. And then yeah, that's the thing. Like, if I was in his situation, that's what I would want to do, but I wouldn't do it. No, yeah, he kind of had every right because he was he was not exactly. Because I mean, that's the thing. Like, he has the right to do that, but I wouldn't actually do that. But I want to do that, so I like this character. Some of the stuff he said to the kids too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what kind of... I want a bicycle. Oh, real original, kid. <laughs> that that even though he's doing this at, at any of the malls he's been at, that he's doing that to the kids and that there's not more of an uproar from the parents or there's not some sort of backlash to get him out of there. Well, they, they, they pretty much kind of... They, they gave the enough of the um, appearance, whatever. They had a couple scenes where they kind of show how they managed to keep themselves untouchable despite all his bullshit. Well, the affirmative action, well, not affirmative action, the, the, that's kind of what it is, though, in a way. The whole thing with the, the little people and all that only goes so far, though, because somebody's going to be able to flip that on you. So, well, plus most of the time he's actually doing stuff. Uh, he's doing it where the kids can hear him, but the parents might not be able to. Yeah. And the last two years, which are what we see of their scam, it's clear he's gotten much worse. Yeah. True. True. Like when he's when he almost falls down the escalator, <laughs> like near, one of the last times, right before he beats the shit out of the the oh, paper mache deer, <laughs> or rain, reindeer, or whatever. Yeah, it makes you wonder. He said he was drunk. How drunk was he? <laughs> I mean, was he kind of like, oh, I'm kind of tipsy, you know, like Dean Martin. I'm I'm the charming drunk guy. I'm just gonna act this out. Or was he actually? Just full on blotto. Well, he was probably as hammered as you can get and still perform because a lot of these scenes had to have been done dozens of takes. Yeah. That's just the way films are made. So yeah. I, he, he probably couldn't have been as drunk as he appeared, but I would gather he was probably more than a little tipsy. Like a five out of ten. Yeah. Enough that he, you can manage him, probably. Yeah. Seven out of ten with rice. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, so yeah, I really, I really enjoy this movie. Um, it makes me laugh. It's not. This is this is the the second time I've watched it. It's not as funny as I remember it being, but it's still damn funny. I remember laughing my ass off in the theater, and I did laugh watching it. But I mean, there are some down times in it and everything. So, but I definitely, I definitely enjoy this movie. 
I thought it was funny too. Again, this is like maybe the third or second or third time that I've seen it. And it's, I'll put it in the guilty pleasure category. Like no one's home, gonna watch something. I mean, just the sheer ridiculousness and how over the top caricaturistic everybody is in this. (laughs) I think, I think I had a turning point last night. I beat the shit out of some kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I did it for the right reasons. I felt good in my about myself. <laughs> like that was. The key but I, right I, I, lo- I love Tony Cox's throwaway line there. He's like, "I had a turning point last night." Like, what? What you fucking petite now? <laughs> <laughs> then again, I mean, on that same notion, how many? How much of this was uh, just ad libbed? Was just made up on the spot? And how much was scripted? I guarantee you, between between some of those people, it was definitely some serious improv going on. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think between... there's got to be a lot of lost footage of Bernie Mac and John Ritter just sitting around shooting the shit with each other, like oh. in character. Well, and on the Blu-ray version, there was a lot of extra stuff. There were some deleted scenes and some a director's cut kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the version I actually watched. Oh, no, really? The yeah, I, I, there, and there were some scenes that I recognized that I hadn't seen before. Okay. Yeah, I, I just watched it on Netflix, so it's the original one. Yeah, I have the Batter Santa one, but I couldn't, I had wasn't able to watch it for reasons. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm sure if there is, got, or, or between Bernie Mac and Tony Cox, just the two of them letting loose on each other. Yeah. <laughs> that, that had to be good stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I got it real sad though. At one one of the scenes, the second scene between Ritter and 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 Mac, when I was like, oh, both those guys are dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they shared quite a bit of screen time, you know. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> when he's all like, "Nope, squeaky clean, not even a parking ticket." <laughs> yeah, John Ritter's character was actually. I wish he could have been in there more because I think there would be. <laughs> you is a sexual se- sexual diva, but you can't get a man for that. Like, the look on John Ritter's face, he's like, "Uh, you can't." <laughs> <laughs> that's just human nature <laughs> no so what do you think thumbs up well, thumbs obviously down. i'm a thumbs up pat's a thumbs up joel i'm i'm a thumbs up yep josh i'm still a thumbs up and i i would say that probably on reflection it's a more enthusiastic thumbs up than it was for the lemon drop kid but not by much i mean some of it was just like i've kind of seen this before i i get the gag this dude's an asshole mm-hmm. well i mean think about like I'm trying to think of like other parallels that it would cause. I mean, could you parallel this to like maybe the jerk? Mm. I'm trying to think. Well, of, like, if you want to go current, uh, bad words. The, the movie with uh, with Jason Bateman, the spelling okay. bee one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's really funny. I mean, just those movies where it's like everybody in the movie is dislikable on some level. You know what I mean? I'm trying to yeah, think. Reservoir of Dogs. Yeah, that's that not exactly comedy. a comedy. Comedy, yeah. Right. <laughs> so specifically in the world of comedy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You could make a case um, for the lady killers. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Disorganized Just, crime. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like all those are the, they all fall into the um, Conman ones also. Yeah. I mean, if you want to try and, you know, you can't make a comedy about unlikable characters if they're all good guys. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's a lot easier to write a character that you don't know if you like or not if he's a criminal. Mm-hmm. So on mine, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. But again, it's not going to be one of those that I'm going to watch in a lot of. It's not on, again, this one's not on my consistent rotation either. Oh, I own this one. Oh, I do too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. We both own a shit ton. We all own a shit ton of movies. Yeah, we do. All yep. of us have a that's movie true. wall. I'm going to watch it again tonight. Really? Bad Santa? Huh. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying that. Oh. oh. <laughs> Actually, I am going to watch it again tonight. I was going to say, well, that's just a saying I've never heard before. I'm going to uh, watch Bad Santa again. I'm going to watch it again tonight, and I'm going to browse mommypenis.com. All right, so <laughs> next week, 
Is yeah, what is next week? Next week is the Star Wars show. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With a new Star Wars movie coming out, this should uh, be pretty interesting. We've waited too long for a movie made by someone good. Yeah, I mean, we've touched on the topic before. Way back at the beginning, in our first couple shows, we talked about Star Wars merch. But now that we've actually got a new Star Wars movie, it's finally time to look at A New Hope. Yep. And then The Force Awakens. Yeah. New New Hope, Force Awakens. And uh, I have – now, let's see. We're on the expectation meter. Where is everybody? Do we have high expectations on this or are we remembering the prequels and how excited we got about that yeah, when we first that, saw well, it? Well, yeah. I've got, I've got high expectation that has become tempered over time. Like the, the I, when the first trailer dropped, I was like pee myself – excited and now i'm kind of like okay just calm down you remember how excited you were before phantom menace came out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm trying and then, not- and then again i then i go right back to myself i'm like but well, this is jj abrams and i get all excited again yeah that's that's See, my that's my go-to on that is like jj abrams is doing it and what he did with star trek exactly yeah i figure like, if, a lot of lens flares if nothing else just based on the star trek movies alone and taking that property and making it what it was it's going to be a good time it's going to be a visual spectacle but the thing that that keeps me ex- excited and because I keep trying to restrain it so that I don't get like too much expectation but the fact that look who's involved I mean Harrison Ford I'm sorry isn't going to play Han Solo again unless he has a, a, a reason to so there must be something in it that drew him back into the project aside from Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill <laughs> and Carrie Fisher just does not give a shit she could care less and, and Mark oh. Hamill he'll do just about anything as long as he likes the project and yeah. he likes being part of that universe so and see I hear all of your caveats and all of your holding back and I say fuck that noise I am the conductor of the hype train <laughs> choo choo motherfuckers <laughs> I am all in <laughs> See, Josh I, is going to the premiere not wearing pants, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Josh is a 10 out of 10. I'm an 8 out of 10. Pat's a 7? Yeah, yeah I would say seven. so. Joel, where are you at? At a 7, I'd say. At a 7? Yeah. yeah, I'm pushing 11. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm all trying. Because, uh, you know, the, the nice thing about this is, is that we've had the we've had the the three originals that we've, of course, everybody loves and has a, a special place for. We had the, the, the prequel which everybody was had high expectations and kind of felt a little let down. I enjoy them for what they are, and I. But now we've got that tempered, so now we've got somewhere in the middle, and this is the perfect time to do this. So yeah, I, so yeah, check us out next week for that. And if you want to listen to any of our older shows, you can always check out our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and the complete one to our current 117 archives at TalkShoe. Yep. And, uh, well, yeah, but I'm assuming that they're not listening to this one on TalkShoe. They could be. Or, or they already know about TalkShoe, so that's not relevant to them. I'll shut up. This is my time to be quiet anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> and check out our Star Wars merch show. Yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars! <laughs> And if you'd like to uh, call us and give us a uh, an idea for a show, it's 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. And don't forget, we're giving away games this month. So if you'd like a copy of uh, 12 Days or a copy of Thieves from our friends out at Calliope Games, great game company, uh, hey, send us me. an email to 40go14 at gmail.com. Just in case that's four zero G O one four. Just in case you know, I don't know if you want to spell it out. I don't know where it'll go then. Probably right back to you. But then uh, with a header of Clippy Games in the uh, subject line, and uh, we'll toss you into the hat and see who wins uh, the game for next week. Yay! 
your enthusiasm is appreciated, Josh. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> hey, Josh. Oh, yeah. God. Star Wars. Yeah! <laughs> choo, choo. <laughs> On shot first. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. So, wait a minute. Is this shower hammock a real thing? Back hammock. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joel. Aww. It should be. Maybe we should make it. The shammock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that one dude. New from Ronco. It's the shammock. I like it. Uh, you know what? Are knowing you? knowing the popularity of the Snuggie, that thing would probably like go through the roof. That's another one of our million-dollar ideas we're probably never going to do. Yeah, you like taking showers but don't like standing up? <laughs> <laughs> now the shammock. Have you always wished you could nap while you were taking your shower? Wake up refreshed and clean and ready to go? <laughs> wow, Save yourself time help. in the morning. Sleep in the shower. <laughs> it's the shammock. <laughs> Brought to you by the waterproof alarm. Because you'd have to have one. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I like it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.